Hello there, my name's Ian Forth and welcome to this edition of Sombrero Fallout. On uh, this episode of our ever-popular podcast, we'll be uh, conducting one more of our increasingly popular interviews stroke guest host episodes. And in the hot seat on this edition of the programme will be Guy Haslam. Let me just give you a few Haslam facts. I first met Guy many years ago when we were both at university together. After that, it's fair to say our lives have taken slightly different paths. Um, He stayed in London and I went off to Melbourne. Before that, in the 1990s, I distinctly remember catching up with him once as we walked back from the old Highfield Road ground where I'd been supporting Coventry City and he'd been supporting Aston Villa. And we talked amongst many other things of the inadequacies of our left backs. Then we bid each other a cheery farewell. He went off on his train one way, I went off on another. And uh, I haven't actually spoken to him, as it were, in the flesh, even though it was via Zoom, until just before last Christmas when we caught up again. So as I say, I first met up with uh, Guy at university. But then I kept half an eye on him over the years because he's actually been rather a successful chap in many ways. He's the youngest ever winner of the Times Cryptic Crossword competition and once solved 2,000 clues uh, in a day to establish some sort of an entry in the Guinness Book of Records. A great cryptic crossworder. I'm uh, no more than an uh, adequate amateur by comparison. Uh, He's part of a musical dynasty in many ways. His uh, older brother Dave is the legendary... Uh, DJ and author and journalist and indeed I remember reading Dave's articles uh, in the enemy way back in the 1980s and actually I can't even remember if I put two and two together then but uh, most importantly and relevant for us relevantly the guy is a huge music enthusiast and it's never dulled over the years he goes to an inordinate amount of gigs and is a great believer in the primacy of the live experience I caught up with Guy, must have been just before Christmas 2021, so a little while ago now, and we started off by talking about Guy Haslam, the early years. I think we were very lucky in, 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 in growing up in the late 60s and the very early 70s, was not necessarily all the, the, the quality of what there was, but just the, the sheer diversity of music. Yeah, you could hear on Radio One, where there was a, there were only a few radio channels anyway. So all kids uh, and maybe adults were listening to. By the time I was seven or eight, um, an extraordinary range of music. I mean, it was, was incredible, like, actually, wasn't it? I do remember yeah. that. You'd have pop, uh, you'd have bubblegum pop, you'd have soul, you had blues, you still had the croony stuff. Occasionally, Engelbert would break into the. Sunday lunchtime, yes. Um, uh, but you'd have, you know, heavy rock would appear. Mm. So by the time it came to me being about eight years old, you know, I was, I was, I was listening to everything really, and with with ears that weren't, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't biased one way or the other. It was yeah. just listening to everything, and and yeah. the. My first record is this. This is a musical memory of um, when this record came out. It's the theme from Shaft by Isaac Hayes. I'd heard it on the radio, 
loved it to the point where I'd realised at the age of eight that it was it would get played. It was just hitting the charts. It would get played at some point on the breakfast show on Radio One because it, the top twenty or thirty it would be somewhere in those three hours or whatever it was. So I thought I don't want to miss this if I get up after it's already been played. <laughs> so I asked my mum and dad, "Have you got have you got an alarm clock?" And they did a little travel alarm clock, and I set it for six o'clock. Wow! For about a week, so oh. that I think it was Tony Tony Blackburn, so that I would wake up at six and start listening to the breakfast show, so that I wouldn't miss uh, hearing Isaac Hayes. Oh, um, that is a brilliant story. The fu- the funny thing about this is, it was also my first seven inch single that I bought. I think wow. with my wow. own yeah. money as well. I remember the B side, yeah. Cafe Reggio, as oh. well. Um, because of course if you've only got one single you you tend to play both sides quite a lot Uh, isn't that funny yeah no I I, I, it's it's a a, a, I'd go go so far as to say it's a unique track I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like it since I I think part of the appeal and it's it's a and of course I had no idea most of it was going right over my head I had absolutely no idea what a sex machine was at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All I knew was that we didn't have one. <laughs> um, Something to ask father at dinner. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we get one. Thank you. 
a sexy machine to hold the cheeks. You're damn right. Theme from Shaft by Isaac Hayes, which holds a special place in both Guy and my early musical memories. What's around the corner? What, where, where are we heading on the Odyssey next, Guy? Well, the next, uh, the next song again is one I remember uh, seeing on top of the pops and, and loving it and bopping around to it. Um, it's Double Barrel, Dave and Ansel Collins. Mm. Um, and... It, 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 the sort of autobiographical bit of this, I suppose, was was again was growing up in Birmingham at that point. Um, even myself, a nice, as I say, nice um, middle class white boy, um, being very aware of the fact that Birmingham wasn't all like that, um, and and was changing a lot um, in terms of the population, but also the music, and um, and and as a, as a autobiographical aside um as a family uh started fostering and i had well overall dozens of of um foster brothers and sisters over over a number of years um who were from all sorts of backgrounds and ethnicities and so on so that would that that i think you know that did give a window into into other other worlds and other parts of people's lives yeah. So, I mean, I think going back again to to Double Barrel, I mean, it was it, you know, it was on top of the pops. It was, uh, you know, this interesting starry reggae thing going on. There was a bit of fun to it. Yeah. That was there. Uh, and, and you know, looking back, yeah, you know, I mean, this country was was. <laughs> You know the the racial issues were 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 front and foremost, um, but there was something about the, the the music industry that was that wasn't controlling of the of 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 that. If something was going to sell and kids wanted to dance to it, 
it would get in the charts. Yeah. Um, and and you know this is this is I think a great example. Uh, yeah, it was the most. It's, it's it's always been in many ways the most dem democratic of art forms. I suppose you could say, if that's not pushing it too far. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's the other theory of of still by the early seventies, a lot of the old guys running the music industry, they didn't. A lot of them didn't care for what the music was. They just wanted to know what was going to sell. Yes, fact, like, that was a better world for the artists. That's a very good point. The 70s, think of someone like with, um, think of someone like yeah. Dick James uh, caricatured in the Elton John film. But uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of those old impresarios just wanted to make money, didn't they? Yeah, I don't understand it, but go and make the records. Right, yeah. And then you ended up with people like David Geffen in the 70s who just who just kind of swallowed talent and, and wanted to impose his own idea of what was good and, and mm. just turned out, turned out this, this kind of mush, really. Famously uh, sued Neil Young for making non-commercial music. Yeah, and music that didn't sound like Neil Young, which was <laughs> fantastic. And the magnificent. I'm back with the shack of a soul boss. Most turning, storming, sound of soul. I am W-O-O-O, and I'm still here. I've, I've, I've 
become an obsessive fan of Neil Young, it's fair to say, over the years. Um, I've seen him live over 50 times. And That's a lot. Goodness knows what, heard lots of live stuff. But I, I think I, I admire about him is, is his following uh, whatever his muse is, which he doesn't always know. Um, but uh, ploughing that furrow, um, not pandering to, to, to the taste of the time. Um, and this particular song, Don't Be Denied, uh, came out 1973 uh, on an album called Time Fades Away, which is a live album with, with a bit of fiddling and overdubbing, on a, on a fairly disastrous tour he did. Um, after the massive success of the album Harvest, which was a worldwide smash, mm-hmm. had Heart of Gold, lovely, mellow, most of it anyway, mellow sounding, yeah. singer-songwritery, da-da-da-da-da. And, and Neil Young, bless him, um, I won't get the quote quite right, but but he, after the success of that, he, he, he suddenly realised that he had to make a decision. And he said, uh, uh, when I when I um, made Harvest, I realised that I was heading for the middle of the road. Um, so I decided to head to the ditch. Uh, it's a much bumpier ride, but you meet more interesting people. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, so 1973, I was 10. My, my sister got hold of the album because she was a big Neil Young fan. She, she actually asked me, I, I remember that. She said, do you want to come and listen to this, the new Neil Young record? Nice. Yeah, nice older sister. She go off to her bedroom. She puts it on her record player. And this 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 sound comes out of it. There's this mm. kind of uh, kind of sleazy um, sort of barroom rock sound comes out of it and the first this is not this particular song but the song time fades away the first line of which is 14 junk is too weak to work which is not what you expect from someone who's done heart of gold no. I, i'm not sure i knew what a junkie was yeah. but i knew this i knew this wasn't going to sound like harvest and i'm yeah. absolutely absolutely hooked i i want i wanted to know what 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 on earth was going on and what was this what was this when I was a young boy, my mama said to me, Your dad is leaving home today. I think he's gone to stay We packed up all our bags And drove out to Winnipeg When we got to Winnipeg I checked into school Feet when I learned the golden rule. 
At that, exactly that point, I think it became certainly as a result of what I, what to me was 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 a more interesting, in a sense, revolution than punk. What was, was been what was going on in New York uh-huh. with um, with with people like Richard Hell and 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 the Ramones and Talking Heads um, and so on. Um, that that was that was there was something going on there that that that, that piqued my interest probably more than more than punk um and then that took me back through to sort of lou reed and the velvets and you know again it's easy to forget that that back then if you didn't hear a record you didn't hear a record if it wasn't on the radio you didn't hear it that's right Um, no i remember uh, buying uh, because i didn't have that much money i thought there are three velvet underground albums and i can't afford to buy all of them so i'll buy a best of so yes. for about two yep. or three years, uh, my complete knowledge of the Velvet Underground, you wouldn't hear it anywhere else, were these 10 or 12 tracks, which were, I didn't know the rest of their repertoire yes. at all. It was the same for me. My brother bought, uh, there was that double album compilation. With oh, the yes, kind there of red, was. red shiny lips all over the cover. Yeah. Uh, that was the one. And, and, and it was another three or four years before I heard anything by them that wasn't on, yes. on that. Yeah, I didn't hear sister. I didn't hear sister, sister Ray. I don't think till I was well into university. Yes. I suspect. Yes. Yeah. 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 And loads and loads of Velvet songs I could I could choose. Um, but one that I think is particularly magical for me, and it's only it's barely two minutes long, uh, is "Here She Comes Now." Yeah, look. 
comes now, now. This year for 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 comes now. Oh, it looks so good. When you look at a lot of the bands from the 60s, how much um, that post-war world really was something that they had to break out of. Yeah. And in terms of their songs went back to, you know, when you think, never mind people like the Beatles, but you think Pete Townsend, you know, Roger Waters, people like that. It's almost molded a lot of what they're about. Is this, yes, I'd say, is I mean, we... hatred, hatred of that kind of establishment that was, that was there after the war. I think you can sort of weave the whole of Roger Waters' career out of the fact that he never knew his father, who I think mm. died right at the end of the Second World War. For, it as was a, during, was the yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the yeah. S, yeah, that's right. And, you know, really, I think uh, you're dead right. It's actually a point I've not really fully considered how, particularly growing up in those households. I mean, I can think of a... Um, a fall track called Cash and Carry Stop Mithering from Grotesque, mm. which refers to demob pictures um, yes. on the mantelpiece, you know, and how much that was a part of, you know, everyday life. And I remember inheriting my father's RAF scarf because I liked right. the colours when yes. I was little. Yeah, it was, it's a world that's yeah. disappeared now. It has disappeared. And I think it did, it did feed into a lot of that world, world view of the late 60s which wasn't kind of peace love and flowers and and what have you it was a we we don't want a world like that we want yeah. whatever it is we want something else you know so i think roy you know again followed his career um love his stuff he's 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 made missteps along the way but that's you know why not i think anyone who's yeah you have to take risks. He plays music and follows their follows their muse for life. You're not gonna you're not gonna love everything they do. It's it does it doesn't matter. You know it's 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 not a it's not a beauty contest. You know, um, it's that that someone's life is is of interest because of their own musical journey. And Roy, yeah. I think, like Neil Young for me is some, and Bob Dylan, and th th there are others. Um, it is like that. It, it, it's an interesting life. 
um, and and the music informs it. Well, I love the fact you've chosen a Roy Harper track because someone, you know, there, there's certain bands and characters and, and, and so on who've been at the fringe of your consciousness and been many years you've always thought, I've really got to go and investigate that that artist. Mm. What, I, I do not, I know very, very little about Roy Harper and you've encouraged mm. me to go and have a good well, listen. So there's, a, there's a treasure trove in there. That's good to uh, hear. Okay, well, let's, why don't you introduce him? Guy? Right, yeah, so this is Roy Harper from 1973, which I didn't hear for about another five or six years, uh, Highway Blues.
Craftwork that the um, especially Trans Europe Express almost felt like literally a soundtrack. I mean, I, yeah. we, the way to get over to Europe was to get the night the night ferry from Dover to Ostend. It was the, cheap, yeah. about the cheapest way. You get the crappy old cattle truck train from Victoria down to uh, down to Dover, and then onto this thing, which then put you out at Ostend at four half past four in the morning, yeah. and then you'd look at the you'd look at the the, the, the timetables and be trains to Cologne and trains to Par- Brussels and trains to work. And I'm going to meet the... I'm going to meet Iggy Pop and David Bowie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh I, and then so you'd you'd hop on a train and head off and, and it was it had that the, you know that real romance of 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 travelling but but it, yeah. but it felt absolutely chined with that with Craftwork, who I, I I still I still love that that you know their whole sound of uh, you know that they well they were they were part of they weren't just pioneers um, 
But I, but I think I, just just as an aside with this and Trans Europe Express anyway, I think often overlooked is their sense of humour, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of musos love to dissect the music, but they won't dissect the lyrics, which which are deadpan to the point of, yeah. of you know just just to the point where where you know you love it you know yeah i think that's, that's and Alice's, you know that's a terrific point actually i think that's that's the other bit of the heritage that does get overlooked and 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 deadpan has made massive comeback in the last few years there's a lot of mm. i mean just in the last few weeks i heard a song called uh, long uh says long um, which is utterly deadpan. I don't, you probably know it, yeah. Uh, I did a whole episode called Deadpan. And yes, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. so back to Craftwork, yeah. who probably invented yeah. it. Amongst, yes. amongst yeah. everything else they invented. They did. So, yes, this is Memories of 1982. Um, yeah, Craftwork, uh, Europe Endless.
So yes, um, a band still still very much going, and again, the Iron Man Steve Wynn worth uh, worth listening to. They're back together as a band. He's been been in various solo and other band formations since, but still really good songwriter, plying his trade. Not vast amounts of commercial success, but someone who's just you know plowed his own furrow. Um, so this is the Dream Syndicate, and tell me when it's over. And uh, another strand that was then was there were a lot of bands from Australia and New Zealand in 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 
in London whoop, whoop. at the time. I mean, the go-betweens, who were just absolutely fantastic. Amazing. Um, I'd go and see them whenever I could. Yes. Um, the Triffids, uh, ditto, extraordinary great band. Um, and a bunch of the Kiwi bands, most of whom were on Flying Nun records, which I know you've done a you've done your sombrero fallout Flying Nun. Um, some t- tremendous bands there, um, the Bats, who spent a lot of time in mm. in London. Some some who did, and some some didn't. The Clean, um, and a band called the Chills, who are still around, and. Um, this was a record I liked, and then they they did a very good video for it for Snub TV, which of course uh, Sombrero Fallout special featuring, uh, which, I, which I yes indeed, um, which was tremendous. I mean, uh, just most of the music that was on that I liked and wanted to explore more. There was something that chimed very much with me with Snub. Mm. Um, and there is a there is a great uh, there is a great video to this, but it's just such a good song as well. Um, it's got it's just straightforward um, and uh, catchy. Um, but there is that there's a backstory as well. It it, it is about it, it's about the guy Martin who whose um, old friend died. Um, I say old; they were they were young men at the time. Um, but he'd given him his leather jacket. Okay. He had his leather jacket. So I love my leather jacket wasn't just a kind of dumb thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just a great, well, say pop song. It used to be something we used to say, wasn't it? What a marvelous pop song. But I think yes. you always have, you have to be popular to be a pop song. And this, this didn't, <laughs> right. this didn't dent, dent the charts at all. So, uh, um, but, but great song anyway. Um, the chills. I love my leather jacket.
I love my leather jacket by the chills. We were just saying the Navy must have about, uh, uh, about 27 people in it and they're all in bands. I just rather <laughs> like Reykjavik's got, uh, everyone's a novelist. Some people are right. Some people have to write two novels at a time just to keep the quota up. And so that's the Dunedin sound. And uh, by the way, if you're new to Sombrero for Left and want to hear the entire, an entire episode devoted to the, the flying non-label and Dunedin sound, just look it up on the Sombrero Fallout com database uh, so that's the end of that little plug i'll hand you back over to guy right next next song is one a, a band called ut now um uh, i was having a chat with you Deeker, about um about the list and i realized there weren't any female artists on it which <laughs> not not because uh, of anything other than they just didn't make the list. There were I had several that were possible. I had uh, Nico in there, um, and 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 a few others. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, I, you know, without without being tokenist about it, uh, there was a, a a band from late eight, late eighties, very early nineties, um, uh, called Ut. From the states, who were who were noisy, um, loved by Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth, which would always do for me. Um, and again, was seeing them was was great. It reminded me really of well, it was only ten years or so later, but of of the of the right parts of punk. <laughs>
Ut, the, um, <coughs> the economically named Ut and Evangelist. And uh, now I think we're heading towards <coughs> the, the sober mature years for Guy. Is that <laughs> <laughs> neither sober nor mature? Uh, certainly post youth. Um, no, we 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 were just saying while that was playing that there's all of this excitement and so on, and then and then the family years, which of course yeah. are marvelous and wonderful, oh, and full love of them love to bits, love them to bits, adventure and excitement, uh, but. But but you know, um, not so much in terms of going out every night and uh, and and what have you. So I suppose you know you're looking at most of the nineties of looking at um, listening to a lot of music on you know CD etc. Certain amount of radio rather than rather than seeing it live, um, which was great because again that meant you know it was it was the start of an era. Lots of things were becoming available on CD, much as it's hated these days that wasn't available for many years if it had been on vinyl and uh, been deleted um and other little rabbit holes that i'd always i'd always wanted to go down and one of those one of those was an american what's well, called american primitive guitar which he 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 grew to hate um a wonderfully eccentric man called john fahey um who um he he played blues music he was informed by he'd had he'd had a classical certain amount of classical musical interest in his background strange background and very very strange man but it is a it it's it's everything that's good about american music it's it's um what you call vernacular um there's there's no pomposity to it but it's got these influences from from all sorts of strands of of, of blues gospel what would have been folk uh, that had probably come over from these shores? Um, uh, all sorts of music became this this deceptively simple sound, which I think at that point I was I was sort of listening to all sorts of things, and it was it was it was refreshing. It was like a a, a, a sort of glass of cold water.
and one of the greats of that would be Martin Carthy, um, part of that dynasty of the, the Watersons from Hull, and uh, he married into married Norma, um, uh, uh, and just the whole wealth of of songs um, and tunes and stories as well. And Martin is now eighty, and he's still he's still uh, still going strong, still telling his stories, singing singing songs. Um, I've never never seen him do the same set twice. Yeah, um, he's still exploring uh, at, at that age, which I think is phenomenal. And and to be, you know, and to see him play and sing and be in that room is 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 very special. And you realise that this is. This really is ultimately what 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 I think the musical experience is about. It is that it's a shared experience, um, and it's expressing something, uh, or communicating something between people that's otherwise inexpressible. We can't do by the written word or or just by talking to someone uh, or with someone, and and I think realizing also the audience is is an absolutely integral part of that. Martin Carthy uh, still performs. I've seen him absolutely spellbinding. Uh, recorded it quite a long while ago now. Uh, called Bill Norrie, which again, who knows how old the roots of the song are, uh, but it's a it's a story and um, played and sung absolutely wonderfully by by Martin. Let's hear it now. Bill Norrie by Martin Carthy. a fine lad and he lives like the wind I shine like the silver or golden morning sun Oh friend John and dear John and do you see what I see yonder stand the first woman that ever loved me and here is a glove, a glove, John, it's lined with the silver grey. Give it to her and tell her to come to a young Billy. And here is a ring, a ring, John, it's all gold but the stone. Give it to her and tell her to ask the leave of none. Oh, friend Billy, a dear Billy, you know my love for thee. I'll not go to nobody to steal their wife away. But oh, friend John, a dear John, swim not against the tide. Be with me and the stream, John, for I will be obeyed. to the high house and he rang low at the ring who was there but this woman to let young Johnny in here is a glove, a glove lady lined with silver grey bids you come to Greenwood to meet your young Billy and here is a ring, a ring lady all gold but the stone bids you come to Greenwood and ask the leave of none Husband stood in the shadow and an angry 
man was he I never thought the man lived my love loved more than me So he's gone down to her room and he dressed in her array Like some woman he's gone down to find this young Billy Sat in the green wood and he whistled and he sang Yonder come the woman that I have loved so long Billy ran down and down there to meet her where she came Oh, the sight that he saw, his heart grew still as stone Billy ran down and down there to help her from the horse Oh, and oh, he cries out, woman was never so gross A husband, he had a long knife, it hung down by his knee He took the head of young Billy and off his fair body And he's run home at home there and down into his hall Tossed Billy's head to her, crying, lady, catch the ball And she's taken up the head there, she kissed it cheek and chin. I love better this head than all my kith and kin. And she's taken up the head there, she hugged it to a womb. Once I was full of this boy as the plum is of the stone. But when I was in the dance house in my virginity, a young man come to my room and we got young Billy. And I birthed him in my room in secrecy and shame. I loved him in the green wood all out in wind and rain. And I will kiss his sweet head and I will kiss his chin. I will vow and stay true and I'll make his man again. And spoke the husband And a sad, sad man was he If I had known he was your son He would not be killed by me If I had known he was your son He would not have been killed by me Um, the last track is an artist who um, lives in London. Um, he's played uh, music for a long while, about the same age as us, called Peter Bruntnell, uh, who ha has had a career um, that has been uh, uh, one that has had a certain amount of critical acclaim um, and and very, very, very little commercial success. Um, <laughs> Peter, however, uh, like? quite rightly soldiers on. He's an extraordinarily good songwriter um, and performer, and um, his career spans, oh, God, I should remember, actually, 
about 15 albums, uh, something like that. Um, and I, I, I suppose going back to what, what we, we, we were talking about before, of music being um, more local maybe, um, more roots and so forth. Um, he's in Southwest London. Uh, and in fact, after we've after we've finished talking, I'll be heading off there to go and see him play with one of oh, his right. one of his bands, the All Stars, as he calls them. But he has other incarnations. So this is this is Peter Brunton with a track uh, he wrote um, about his part of the world called Penelope Keith Blue, which uh, those of us of a certain <laughs> age who grew up will remember uh, the, the good life. With all the talk 
It's closing time at the mill Fall on your shadows and lie until All this fuss has been figured out Pounds and pennies still without So come on now, where the river is Everything is gone, everything but this Where the water spreads its mouth, all the things we said, and all the things that fell south of the stone. Just wanted to say thank you very much, and for all of all the work you've done with Sombrero Fallout, it's one of I think I, I I've whittled my my pod, music podcast down to four these oh, days. Wow. So be... you're you're one of them. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> well, I'll have that. <laughs> That's very kind of you, and thank you for again. Thank you. Well, we're on a mutual backslapping expedition for for being. Uh, a, great listener and I appreciate your comments uh, online as well so that's all lovely and we must make sure we see each other more than once in the next 40 years (laughs) 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 that will be good if we are still allowed to travel at any time I will come and have a beer and listen to Peter Brundle or something along those lines with you that would be fantastic I would love that yes it would be great it's been it's been really good (laughs) <laughs> okay guy well lovely to hear from you i can hear the chimes of broken social scene breaking coming up uh, underneath us now uh thanks guy and enjoy your lunchtime gig cheers for now thank you